0: Good morning everybody and welcome to living astrology with janet hickox and you'll notice this morning that i have pia and cullen with us pia orlean and Colin baird smith from the pleiadian astrology pleiadian uh, calendar fame we'll call it fame because it's becoming more and more popular i'm guessing and it's so good to see the both of you and to have you both back with me welcome oops they froze. (laughs) Or am I frozen? Ah, well, I think we'll have to wait for them to come back in. But as you can see, they're with us, and they were ready to say hello. And then suddenly something happened. So I'll say good morning to all of you. Good morning, Tom. It's good to see you. And uh, Tom says love and gratitude for all the happy fall and spring. I know I'm so excited about it, right? Good morning, Michelle. And good morning, Christine. Uh, she says they are frozen. Thank you for letting me know that. Uh, I might have to, um, let me see if I can remove them so that they can come back in or I'll add them back. Let's see. Ah, Well, when they come back in, I'll bring them in. And our hope was to talk a bit about what's going on with the, uh, the Pleiadian calendar. In the meantime, uh, I hope all of you are doing well. Good morning, Vanita and Ursula. Good to see you. And J-Lo, good to see you. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel, good to see you. Um, Last night, so I've had, you know, quite the interesting several days. I mean, it's been an interesting several days. Let's just say that. As uh, yesterday, we got to, uh, I had purchased uh, back in July, I think it was, tickets to see Matt Frazier, who is a... um, (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Uh, I I had purchased tickets to see Matt Fraser, who's a medium. And uh, we were expecting, you know, hopefully to be one of the people that uh, would have a, a loved one that's passed come through. And of course, I was hoping specifically for Brian, and Brian did not come true or come through. Uh, but it was a fascinating thing to watch. And now, you know, Debbie Tibbetts and I we had gotten uh, on a cruise, uh, a couple of years back and on that cruise was uh, John Holland, who is also a psychic medium and Colette Baron reed And she's mostly known for cards, but she's also a pretty good medium in her own right. So I got to see that live then in a um, in, in a live audience. But it was a little different because we were on a Zoom like uh, platform and seeing him be able to do what he does like on the the just like things rolling in. And he does it so effortlessly. And it was wonderful to watch that happen. So <clears throat> that was interesting, even if nothing was coming through uh, from him to us, but watching other people, it was still very satisfying to, to do that. But then my daughter joined this group on um, Facebook. It's called mediumship training, mediumship and psychic training. That's the group. And they take turns um, doing readings with pictures. So someone will post a picture and then the uh, group is invited to share their insights about what they're seeing about that person. I was astounded. Finally, Heather was able to share Brian's picture in the group. And I was so amazed at what was coming through the people, things that would just hit right on things that people should have no reason to know, right? No reason to know um, the group. My my daughter's Facebook page is private, so it's not like these people could go stalk her Facebook page and find out information and then bring it back. And uh, my Facebook page, as you might know, I don't post very much. I post a lot of astrology stuff on my living astrology page, but I haven't posted much personal stuff, just because it seems to always get picked up and used against people. And I didn't, so I don't do much on uh, my own personal Facebook page. So it was really been, it's been gratifying to see how we easily can connect to the other side. And I know that uh, all of us are capable of doing that. But it's just shocking when you see that uh, so many people can come up with things that they would have no other way of knowing. So amazing, amazing. Uh, Let's say good morning to Kathleen Mallory. It's good to see you. Amanda J, hello to you. Carol Grojean, good morning. Irene from Sweden, much love to everyone. Wonderful to see Pia and Colin again. Their calendar is so inspiring. I have it here on the wall. Uh, I hope that they can come back in. I'm gonna, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to invite them in again and that might take me just a minute and I'm going to look like I'm not listening to you or talking to you, but maybe they need a, a new link. Oops, I can't send it to Gmail. There we go. Send it to Pia. There we go. Good. Okay, so while I'm waiting for hopefully for them to come back in, um, let's talk some astrology, shall we? Because it's actually going to be a pretty good weekend, um, although I, I... I just feel this need to um, prepare everybody for what comes next in the fall. And oh, by the way, there they are—they're back.
1: (laughs) We don't know what happened, but you froze, and then we got knocked off after you froze. So yeah,
0: but but everybody was seeing you froze. You actually were the ones that had frozen up, and then eventually I removed you from the thing so that you could. I hope I was hoping you'd think come back in. Yeah, it took a minute but we got there yay so Damn. you can ignore the link i just sent again but good to have you back everybody said uh, let's see what did tom say tom you know is always good for a laugh he said can you unplug them and plug them back in <laughs> <laughs> so good to have you back i was uh, just preparing to launch into all of my astrology stuff um i'll put that on hold Uh, Again, welcome to the show and tell us, how have you been? I haven't talked to you since the time we met in
1: June. We have been like everybody else on the planet, having things move at an unbelievable fast pace, watching things being revealed from all different directions, changes every time you turn around. It's been like everybody else, I think.
0: Is any of it surprising to you guys? I mean... I sit back sometimes and I'm kind of like stunned at what I see going on, not overly surprised, but a little bit stunned at times as at the magnitude of things. What about you guys?
2: Well, that, that's a yes and no answer because <laughs> we we've been watching things speed up for the last couple of years. And uh-huh. we've also experienced times where it seems like time has just stopped completely, that we're not... We're not moving forward. We're not really doing anything. So I think it's part of the duality that that this planet is all about. I think we're experiencing both extremes, either, and this is going to sound funny, but simultaneously or sequentially. But but it's hard to tell sometimes because it just seems confusing and predictable at the same time.
1: So... Yes, sometimes we feel stunned, like you, and go, "We never thought we'd be in this situation." And other times we we feel like, "Yep, we could see this coming." So it is very dualistic,
0: which makes it very disconcerting, doesn't it? It keeps you guessing, like any other day, like what's going to happen today. How about what's going to happen in the next five minutes? So- <laughs> That's true too.
2: That's true too. Some of our days, Janet, just buzz by. I mean, we're. We're busy doing things, and we rarely look at the clock because we're busy every day. But sometimes the days just zoom by, and then the next day we'll notice that it drags on, and it's like the clock hasn't even moved hour after hour after hour. So what we think is happening is what Larkma describes as liquid time. Ooh, I like that. We're no longer, we are no longer in a normal TikTok. <laughs> Everyday experience yeah. where we feel that, well, we watch the clock, it moves around in a normal way. That just isn't happening anymore. We're, we're experiencing faster, slower, faster, slower.
1: So time is actually dissolving the way that we have been told for a really long time is going to occur. It is actually occurring. Time doesn't exist in the way we have always used it to schedule our lives
0: yeah i totally agree with you there i i sometimes feel like there's a, a i guess a bifurcation like there's some people that have become way more time oriented and then there are others like us and probably a lot of my listeners here today that feel like they're like that time is sometimes there and sometimes not i even have the feeling sometimes of almost like being pulled out of of, of this reality um and that sounds like dissociation on a psychology thing. And that's definitely not what I'm feeling. It's almost like I almost feel like there's this big, um, I don't know what to say, like a shift coming, a split coming yeah. and maybe well, we're
2: being prepared for that. I think so. And and we said something before we went on the air, you, you mentioned that maybe we're not feeling as though we're here here all the time, that we're actually possibly somewhere else. And I think that has to do with what we're talking about right now. I think we're moving interdimensionally, whether we're aware of it or not, whether it's a conscious understanding or whether we're just waving in and out. But it seems to us that we're spending a lot of time not in normal 3D reality.
1: Elsewhere. Here's a funny little aside to that, Janet. Yes. morning, Cullen and I both woke up with scraped elbows, like we had been crawling on our elbows or had brushed against something, both of us woke up with scraped elbows. No idea why we didn't do anything to cause that, but something happened in the night probably in another dimension. They, we came back to this dimension. There was evidence we'd been somewhere.
2: Yeah, it, it, oh. it's it's amazing. We, we have these sensations sometimes when we wake up in the morning where we know we've been at work somewhere, not just dreaming or not just lying in bed. Sometimes we know where we've been, but sometimes we don't. And this experience that Pia just described is one of those, we don't know what happened, But we came back with something that's evident
0: that something did happen. Yeah, that's interesting. But I've also had, I haven't had that kind of thing where the evidence is on my body somehow when I get up in the morning. But I have had these instances where I can't distinguish between the dream world and what's real. And I'm going to give you a great example. I don't know where I got this, but. I have this distinct memory of viewing a black widow spider in a sort of a crawl space or in a closet, like uh, like outdoors, not indoors, certainly. I don't think we have black widow spiders here where I live. If we do, they certainly aren't visible. And so I'm thinking, was that a dream? But I can't remember a dream either of a black widow spider. So I've been going around, yesterday I was putting some groceries away in a cabinet that I have outdoors and we only put, you know, unperishables out there. So I opened it up and I thought, is this where I saw the black widow spider? And I'm looking around, no, this doesn't look familiar because in the dream, for lack of a better word, I was looking sort of into a deeper like place. And that has been nagging at me now for almost six days, right, today would be the sixth day. And I don't know, I don't know why. A black widow, and she wasn't after me. It wasn't like I was in danger. It was an observation, but I can't tell you if it was real or from a dream or a real dream. Lucifer. I don't
1: think it's a dream. I think it's a dimensional shift that you are in a different reality. And I think that's happening to a lot of us right now. Yeah. Where we think, well, the distinction between this reality and somewhere else that is absolutely just as real. Because we are traveling more interdimensionally now. And I often good at night.
0: Yeah. So if you guys are out there, uh, to our listeners, I want you to share any stories that you're having like that so we can bring those. Because I think it makes us all feel better when we know we're not alone. The mm-hmm. fact that you guys came back with scraped <laughs> elbows makes me go, oh, so maybe I am traveling somewhere. I just haven't scraped my elbows yet. <laughs>
1: well, back with battle scars for a couple of years now. It's been quite a while. Cuts, bruises. This is the first time we've come back with simultaneous scraped elbows, but we do come back with gashes or cuts that we didn't do anything to cause or big bruises where we didn't bump into anything or fall. It's been a regular part of our world for quite some time and it's increasing now.
2: And we've talked to other people around the world about this, we thought maybe we were making this up, you know, I mean, how would we, how would we be doing some activity in another realm out of our bodies and yet come back and have a physical representation of something that actually happened elsewhere? And so we've been talking to people for years about this. And a lot of people have very similar stories about They come back either really tired when they wake up in the morning, they're really tired, even though they believe they've had a full night's sleep or they come back with with a scrape or a dent or a ding. And we've heard it enough times now to know that we're not crazy, that that (laughs) something, something is actually happening out there in another experience.
0: Yeah, uh, bruises, right? Sometimes, I mean, I don't bruise very easily. So when I get a bruise, I'm very aware of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that hasn't happened to me, but I'm sure it has to others. And I'm looking at the the uh, people uh, talking out here. And let's see, J-Lo says, I've seen the proof in my own children. And before I have had it, um, Allison D, good morning. She says, OMG, I feel the same thing. Uh, uh, let's see, Christine, time has become very strange. This makes a lot of sense. And um, Ursula, will we soon have the ability to see the starships and craft as part of a global disclosure? Great question, Ursula. What do you guys think?
1: I don't think it requires governmental disclosure to see what's already there. But I do think as our perception increases and we are able to see more broadly without our limited belief systems, we can see we can see them. they're there. We yeah. see them. We see them all the time. We have for a long time.
0: They're there. Yeah. Yeah. She says global disclosure, not government disclosure. So I, I'm thinking she's like they're going to reveal themselves to us kind of thing. Well, I think oh. they're doing
1: that. Yeah. I think they are doing that now already. They are revealing themselves to us, but unfortunately, we're not very good at reading signs in symbols. You and symbols, and what's in front of us very easily. So, you know, they're probably banging their heads against the collective global wall, going, "Why don't these humans see us? We're right here."
2: Well, y- yes, <laughs> but but worldwide sightings. Um, are increasing i Absolutely. mean it, it's it's the the actual physical manifestation of more and more people normal regular people not woo woo people not not people who are totally involved in the whole ufo phenomenon there are people in every country who are seeing unusual things in the sky day or night that are reporting these things. So it's absolutely increasing. And what, what we think is that there's going to be an equalization of all of the dark energies that have been doing so many things in these past couple of years, especially, there's so much going on that there will be an equalization of things from a much lighter energetic position. And I think as that happens, I think more contact, I think more interest will develop between humanity and other intelligent beings from all over the the universe.
0: I'm I'm so in agreement with you. Um, And I think the one thing that they're waiting for is the human status of shadows and fear to dissolve some more. And that's so interesting because it's been a drumbeat in my head over the last uh, few days, especially as I was starting to look at October's energies, uh, moving through the gateway of the fall, uh, autumn equinox, um, always prompts me to think about fear and shadows because now we have the sun moving through Libra and then on into Scorpio. And in human design, those two signs reside mostly in the spleen energy and the spleen energy in our human design is all about survival mm-hmm. and so the the gates or the the energies in that center can sometimes double as fear or shadow energy so i'm always looking at that this time of year and also in march and april because then the earth is moving through those fear fear phases today or now that it's the sun and um as we 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 get ready to do this next month, every outer planets or the big planets, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all move out of their retrograde phase and into their direct phase, which means now we are having to take everything that was happening internally and externalize um, the the process, and as well Mercury turns retrograde, and then also back to direct motion in the same window so when the planets are all doing that little dance that wobble that tells us that it's the opportunity for us to do a lot of changing and transforming personally but also collectively on the planet and i i meant to look this up pia you might know more directly most of that energy shifts and ends by the first week in november but are we not looking at another uh pleiadian shadow period coming up in december
1: no, we don't have another Pleiadian shadow cycle until January.
0: January. Okay, good. So we get a little bit of rest. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to gain some perspective and then we can go into that shadow period. This is a good thing.
1: Actually, actually I'm wrong. It's not even January. It's February. It starts on Even better. February the 13th it starts for 3 weeks.
0: And that is that's that gate that just gave me chill bumps because that is bracketing the USA Pluto return, which happens, I believe, February twenty second. Yes, two, two two right two two two. Uh, so we have a lot of science about things to come, but I think that then knowing that we have that little bit of gap means that that makes me feel so much better for humanity because we have time to work through the last of the big fears that we have are that big shadow energies on the planet, hopefully, right? That, and the other thing that makes me just drives me to keep doing what I do is that it's an individual thing. It's not like I can go out and say, Hey, you know, living astrology community, I command all of you to let go of your fears and your shadow energies and be clean and light uh, from today on. I, I I'm saying that, and I hope that works. <laughs> I'm, I'm realistic, right? Um, that it's a it's a pathway that all of us have to walk separately. But in the walking of that path separately, we do it collectively. If that makes sense. It does. it does.
1: One of the things that Colin and I have been talking about and looking at deeply, because we're always interested in this work of you know, what else is to be revealed, what else is to be learned, what else, how else do we grow? One of the things we've been talking about lately is in doing shadow work, one of the biggest things we can do is let go of who we think we are. You know, we think we have come this far in life, and we've defined ourselves by this relationship, this job, this Personality, all of it put together. This is who I am, and I'm going to speak my truth. But we forget that there's a whole continuum of parallel lives going on. And we're here in this one to integrate them, which means there's a whole lot of blind spots that we have. So many times we have emotional reactions or overreactions to something, and we don't even know why. And that's the hidden stuff that we've got to clear out from the fears and the shadows. It's really important work right now.
2: Well, and there, there's, a, there's a further aspect to this, too. Many of us believe that, that we've done a whole lot of work and that maybe we've completed all of the shadow material that, that we either brought with us here or we created as, as we're moving and growing in these personalities in 3D. However, we're noticing that many things seem to be resurfacing. And many of us have said, well, I'm done with that. I, I took care of that. It's finished. I, I've moved on. Well, what we're finding in our own lives and what we're watching in other people's lives is maybe some of that shadow work didn't quite get as cleaned up as we thought it did.
1: Because the conscious part is all the work, but the part that's unconscious doesn't realize there's a blockage. And we have to look at those blockages. And sometimes the reflection of just the emotional material coming up is like a ding, ding, ding. There's work to do here. You know, otherwise you wouldn't be emotionally overreacting. Yeah, and I think,
2: and I think Pluto has such an enormous effect on this because, of course,
0: you do, Mister Capricorn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right? He's turning your
0: life upside down.
2: It it has.
1: Pluto's been turning Cullen's life upside down for quite a while now. We are cheering for when Pluto moves on into Aquarius. Yeah.
2: For me, it's been a a very big personal subject, topic. But as you said, individually and collectively, Pluto has has had an enormous effect on everyone, regardless of their astrological makeup.
0: And And regardless of the fact that they demoted him to dwarf planet. I mean, (laughs) exactly. it shows a name doesn't mean much. Right, 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 right. And you know, Pluto continues to um change the the nature of the things he rules, which are power and mm-hmm. institutions, the big governments and things like that. So all of the things that we thought were solid, our governments, our, our education system, the healthcare system, and you you name it, all those big things, the military, et cetera, that we thought we would never see big upsets in, uh, or at least we hoped we'd never see, are under, you know, the the um pressure to change to transform or die right Mm -hmm. and no matter what it's all about a death and a rebirth in some way shape or form and that's disruptive and uh in our human design charts something interesting that i noted last year through all through 2020 was that pluto sat in a gate whose shadow is psychosis
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right so Everything had this sort of level of mental psychosis with it. Everything. Reactions that people had, you know, to COVID or reactions that people had to uh, individuals, to just all kinds of things. And he has now retrograded back into that gate. So we're, again, dealing with this shadow of psychosis. It's like we can't get rid of it unless we work with it, right? We have to work through it. Working through it, we're laughing when you brought
2: this up a minute ago. Larkma told us years ago that there would come there would come a time on Earth when mental illness would increase exponentially, and that that people would not understand what they were going through or how to cope with enormous changes in their lives, which would would cause a psychosis for many. And we've noticed in the past two years during the COVID experience that what they, they don't make predictions, but they, but they make, how would you say it, Pia? They make.
1: They, they show perspectives perspectives. from a broader view.
2: And what they told us years and years ago has actually come true in the last couple of years. We've noticed people acting very strangely in public
1: let's so just say having psychotic reactions in public that covers it. yeah
2: I mean it, it's, it, it's it's been it's been an amazing experience to watch people do the most interesting chaotic unusual things both personally and publicly and I guess P and I have been waiting for this and it has arrived
0: I I so agree, you know, the, you know, I don't want to leave people hanging, I don't want to leave you guys hanging, because the shadow energy is, it's obvious, right, we can see the shadow energy. Um, But the, the level up, like, if we looked at that energy as a hologram, the next level up, if you moved out of the shadow of psychosis, you get to wonder, you get to awe, you get to magic, Mm -hmm. right, you get to this beautiful, um, mystical sense. So the potential for Pluto is to restore us to that mystical wonder that we once had as human beings, you know, in the great times of, you know, uh, Camelot or the, the, you know, great mystics or the times of the magicians and wizards and so forth on the planet where, I mean, I believe that that was a real uh, superpower that humanity had that we mm-hmm. forgot about. And because we we let go of our wonder about magic and about magical things for the scientific edge, which always wanted to deconstruct everything, find out how it works. Let's take this thing apart and put it back together again. And it, we lost the magic. So I think the potential for us at this point is to restore the magic. This conversation to me feels like there's this edge of magic. What does it mean that we can be in two different um realities or more than two different realities and all of that and i think when we get back to that magical not that i'm saying we leave science behind i'm not saying that at all i think we have to have that magical realism that's what i like about this i think in in the gene keys let me check that i think the gate 61 is called magical realism it might be the gate 60. let me check real quickly here Uh Nope, 61 is cracking or 60 is cracking of the vessel. Yeah, the holy of holies, (laughs) magical realism. Love it. So the holiest of holies is when we're in the magical, the mystical, the wonder and the awe, not when we're in the psychosis of trying to, I don't even know what it is we're trying to do anymore in the psychosis. Do you guys have a clue?
1: (laughs) I think it's breaking out of who we think we are. Maybe integrating all the other aspects of who we really are and beginning to recognize that we're divine sparks of light. And therefore, we have no reason to judge anyone or blame anyone or get angry at anyone. Those are all things that we are letting go of. No judgment, no blame, no emotional reactivity, but just acceptance of, oh, you're on a different path than me. Okay, well, good luck to you. And that's it.
2: I I think the trick, and and I think using the word trick is, is a really good term here. The trick is simply to use the educational makeup of our shadows to go deeper, to go deeper, to go deeper, to really understand what Pia said a moment ago about realizing maybe we're not who we really think we are. And I think the only way to get to the magic, the only way to get to the mystical deep understanding that you described Janet a moment ago is to utilize the ability to get through the shadow, do the work we have to do, whether that has to do with Pluto specifically, going deeper, 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 or from other aspects or other avenues, it doesn't really matter. We have to do the work. Unless we do the work individually first, we're not going to clean up the collective mess. It has to start at home. Mm -hmm. And if we can use our shadows to clean up everything that needs to be looked at and everything that needs to be challenged, we're not, we're not going to get anywhere. So, Pluto obviously has a, has a great influence but shadow work is just so important in this in this moving towards not only who we really are but getting out of this mess into a magical and mystical place where we belong
0: and from that magical mystical place we begin to really see each other differently we yeah. I truly believe that it's when we are willing to go into the magic or into the mystic, that we value what we see in other people in a way, we, because we're valuing ourselves in that way. And I, I think that really holds a key for the planet in general is, you know, getting back from remembering, just remembering. Because I think you said this earlier, Pia, or maybe you said this, Colin, that we don't know who we are, or we've forgotten who we really are, and or who we think we are is not who we really are kind of thing. That's it. Yeah, so we have work to do. Now, I just want to say really quickly, for those of you who may just be joining us or who are joining us in a podcast that today we're sitting here speaking with Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith from the Pleiadian Earth Energy calendar and astrology and it's the first time they've been with us since june the summer just got all whacked out and they will be with me again on uh oh boy i'm gonna screw this up pia Uh, oh i wrote it down october 15th November nineteenth and December seventeenth. So, if you're just catching the tail end of this, you can pick up the recording a little bit later, or join us again on one of those three broadcasts—the third, third Friday of uh, the month from here through December. And now, let's go back to this conversation because I'm seeing that people are really resonating with what we're saying. Um, somebody said something just profoundly spot on. What was it? J Lo. She goes or she said first, yes, there is magic. And then she says, just look up. I love it. I love it.
1: Huh.
0: That's great. Yeah. Just look up. Just you know what? Look up from your gosh darn cell phone or your tablet or whatever you're looking at because we're so caught up here that we're not really looking out or up anymore. And that's where the magic is. It's not on your cellular device absolutely, absolutely not.
2: You know, someone some somebody said I don't I can't quote who this was, but someone said once that humans don't look up very often. We're so busy doing what we're doing. We're looking either at the ground as we walk or we're looking at whatever job or whatever activity we're involved with, but rarely do we look up. And I think that's really important because there's so much more that we're missing. If we're only concentrated on what we're doing physically, in a three D sort of mentality,
0: yeah, that's how I'm always seeing eagles and crows and ravens, and I, I see, I see so much in the skies, right? Uh, but someone else just now brought up a good point. K W W L rocks says, "Look within; it starts there." I mm. love that. That's a truth that I, that we can't ignore is that, you know, we think everything just resides outside of us, but there's a whole magical realm that we carry within us, the well, if you will, right? The deep inner knowing, instinct, intuition, um, history of who we are all within us.
2: And that, and that is where the connection begins with everything.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so today, if you guys have any questions, go ahead. I'm still looking at the, uh, the, the chat stream. So if you have questions for Colin or you have questions for Pia, this is your opportunity to ask questions. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys to tell me what's, what is Larkma's messaging about lately? W- what is she, he, the group sharing, uh, about what's going on with our world, how we're doing that kind of thing.
1: Well, basically, Larkma is telling us that it's time that we take the blinders off of our eyes and look at the truth of what's really going on, not to listen to the news media or to some higher source, but listen to your own heart, your own intuition, and truly see the interwoven pattern of everything that's going on, because humanity has been in a fog for a really long time, and we have been manipulated and controlled into certain positions to play out a certain agenda. That agenda can cause evolution to be accelerated, but only by our participation, by seeing what is here and actively engaging. We have to take the power to say no and say yes when it's appropriate for anything, but not just because of our belief systems or something we've been told, but from the greater perspective of inner knowing. That's one thing they're really big on. They've also been talking about the great split that they've been telling us was coming for a really long time
2: well, that that is extremely important, understanding that that society has split. There are There are so many people believing one scenario and so many other people believing another scenario. but But something I want to add on top of what Pia said, they've been talking about responsibility a lot. They've been talking about the fact that humanity has not been very responsible in allowing what's happening in our world, that we have allowed so many things to happen that we should have said no to. Not just not just recently, but for many, many years. There have been so many things that we've been told are the truth or that things that we have to agree to or rely on that haven't been true from the very beginning, but we've been told by authorities, whether that's religious, governmental, educational, corporate, it doesn't matter where it comes from. They've been trying to help humanity understand that we should have been saying no all along to things that our hearts have disagreed with. We've allowed our mental capacity to shake our heads and say, oh, well, if you're telling me this is so, I must believe it, and I will just lockstep with what you tell me. They've been telling humanity for years, for a couple of decades now, we have to take more responsibility in the choices that we're making and not simply believe what we're being told. So I think part of the mess that we've created we're responsible for individually and collectively, and it's time that we, as Pia said a moment ago, appropriately use no just as often as we use
0: yes. I will t- I would tell anybody that when I'm doing a human design reading that you know it's about saying yes to the right things and saying no to the correct things too. So yeah, that that makes complete and total sense. One of the things that you were saying just reminded me of um, something that we will often talk about with people who don't like what they're seeing in their outer world. And that is, then you've got to go into your inner world and check where that is coming from. Because the inner is, I mean, the outer world is always a picturing of what's going on in the inner. And we do that individually, but we also do this collectively and so it drives me crazy right now i'll tell you what's really driving me crazy is that when we are all focused on the negative things that that governments or news media and things like that are they're telling us i'm not saying whether they're they're right or they're wrong i'm not saying that at all so let's just take climate change because i think we can all see through the summer here in the northern hemisphere and probably through the winters in the southern hemisphere uh, that there's been some big change going on with the climate. But if we keep focusing on whose fault it is, is it humanity's fault, right? What did we do? Um, then we're not creating solutions for it. We're focusing on the problem, not the solution. And the same thing keeps happening over and over again. We we keep getting the messaging about how horrible it is or about, and I, and again, I'm not saying it isn't, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying whatever we're focusing on outside Uh, or inside that we're projecting outside is what we're going to see in that outer world. So if we're focusing on climate change, because, you know, it's hot, it's cold, or it's, you know, crazy rain, uh, flooding, all of that, which are facts, those things are happening. But if we focus on that as a problem, we create more of that problem in the outer world. And I think that's a big, I mean, we do that all the time, in the littlest ways, and in the biggest ways. And what you said, Colin, about taking responsibility is exactly right. You have to take responsibility for the part that you're playing in the collective manifestation of whatever, the good and the bad. I mean, not saying that you're not also responsible for the beauty and the harmony, um, but you also have to know that the only way that you can change that is by changing what you're focusing on here, right here. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Janet, you must have been with us last night. We, we did a sound check for an upcoming podcast that we'll be interviewed for in, in the future. And during, during the sound check, we ended up having a, a half an hour or a 45 minute chat with, with the people that are going to be interviewing us instead of just doing the sound check as a sound check. And we were talking exactly about what you're bringing up right now.
1: Oh, I love it! It's in the field. <laughs> the conversation is, at, this is the time where the conversation is coming up to the surface. We need to have this conversation anywhere and everywhere.
2: And, and yeah. it's it's amazing. Did yeah. you finish your thought? Yeah. It's amazing that we were talking, um, one of the interviewers was talking about some of the people in the world that are doing some things that many of us don't like. And I'm not going to bring up any names because that that won't help but we were talking about instead of being mad at them or instead of being upset or frustrated, sending them negative energy is only empowering them more and more and more. What we need to do is send them compassion. We need to send them the love and the light that's missing in their lives. And by doing that, we will break that chain of the negativity. And that's exactly what you just brought up. And I think so many people are focusing on, I don't like this person. I don't like their agenda. I don't like what they're doing. And they're just adding to what we don't want. It's like protesting a war or having a a war on cancer or a war on this or a war on that. Exactly. A war on terror. The terminology isn't helping, it's it's only creating more negativity. What we need to do is open up and simply send the light and the love that's missing either in these people's lives specifically or in their companies or what they're doing in the outer world. And by doing that, that's what will change the energetic makeup of what's really going on. And the more we do that, the more we can see the changes and there are many examples i won't i won't go into this right now but there are examples of when people do that they can see that the people that they're sending the love and light to actually possibly in some circumstances change their minds and change what they're doing it, it it's it's actually happening and we can see it
1: so the ones who are making the most things that are problematic for the planet need the most of our love and compassion
0: Absolutely. I so wholeheartedly agree. I mean, if we just started every night before we went to bed, if even if we just did this one time a day, just saw the the earth blanketed in love and compassion, and it seeps into all of the people, all of the animals, all of the plants, the waters, the land. That took me, what, a few seconds to say, if we could just do that, every one of us, the impact would be magnified by 7 billion.
1: It would.
2: It would. It's so it absolutely simple. Would.
0: It's so simple. And it
2: takes such little energy to do that.
1: In fact, we actually gain energy from doing that because it's positive. Whereas every time we engage with engage with the negativity, it drains our energy and yeah. feeds when we don't want to feed.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're so right. Um, let's see what some comments are. Good morning, Paulette Peasley. Haven't seen you in a long time. That's great to see you. Uh, Christine Buckingham says, short-term profits have been prioritized over the well-being of our planet. And that though, those short-term profits, though, are driven by demand, right? Mm-hmm. That That there's a demand for a product, whether it's artificial or real, right? Demand for newer cars, demand for new computers, for new phones. If every time iPhone came up with a new one, you waited and you just kept your regular phone uh, and demanded from that company that they do they continue the updates, then we wouldn't be eating up all of the resources that go into making a phone, for example. So it's that we have the choice with our dollars, with what we are voices, with our votes, um, what it is that, you know, we can vote along our values or we can purchase along our values. Uh, so there's that Christine also says one needs awareness of what is happening in order to change and improve things, love and light with necessary actions taken JLo, what you focus on, you attract exactly. Uh, Christine says every morning and night, she does that process that we just talked about sending love and compassion around the planet. And, uh, so I love that. Um, Tom has a question. What's the general Larkma message for the next three months? Oh, maybe I actually, I didn't see that message until now, Tom, but I think I asked that. Is there anything more that Larkma? because that was the original question before we went off on our little tangents. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think we covered it.
0: Yeah, I,
2: I, I think briefly, there's still going to be a bit of a rocky road, according to yeah. Larkma. Um the, the rest of this year is not just going to be a, an ease and a flow. We're still going to have... Challenges. We're still going to have things crop up. However, there will be some pauses where we can take a breath and we can have maybe a little bit more stability. But Larkma's general outlook is not until January into February of 2022 will things really begin to change.
1: Actually, LARMA says it'll happen in October of 2020, but there will be shifts that begin in January and February. Into March. So one of the things that they say that is most helpful is to try not to look at an experience as good or bad. Don't judge it. Just go, well, this is an experience and everything changes, so this is going to change too rather than going, oh, God, this again, and I don't like this, and really resisting (laughs) it, because when we really resist it, we're giving it energy. If we just look at it non-emotionally from an attached way and say it's just an experience, and as humans, we are here to collect experiences and learn how to respond appropriately. And if we look at it that way, we don't get caught up in the drama. We just move through these difficulties and challenges and we begin to find opportunities for deep and positive change.
0: I mean, don't you guys all feel that in your hearts? I mean, that's expansive and that's loving in nature and that's something that's so within our power to achieve. Yeah. Right. To be able to do. Absolutely. Um, Quickly, let me just say, thank you all for joining us this morning. We have quite a few people that I haven't seen in here in a while. So welcome to you all. Um, I'm just going to do a quick hit the thumbs up button. If you're sitting over there on YouTube land, if you are in Facebook, hit the like button or the like. Um, And if you uh, are enjoying the video, maybe if you're on YouTube, you could uh, subscribe and also share, 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 share with your different social medias and networks uh, so that we create a field of this energy being pushed out so people can hear Hear the good news. I feel almost like a preacher sometimes in the morning. Hear the good news. Um, <laughs> so thank you uh, for that. Um, tell us what's going on for you guys in the next three months. Are you doing any classes or courses, doing some traveling? What's up for you?
1: Well, it seems we have a real increase in people's being interested in Pleiadian Earth Energy Charts so they can look and see where their shadows are and where their own work is. And getting the calendar that we've produced, we've got a brand new 2022 calendar coming out with all the universal and the earth energies in it that it's going to be available actually next month in October from any bookstore.
0: Okay, Okay, wait, wait, I'm confused because isn't the one that we have now all the way through June?
1: It It goes to June, but we've updated it for 2022. For the 12 months of 2022, there's a new one.
0: So there is a new one. So we need to get that link to people.
1: Yep, it's on our website, larkma.com. L a a r k m a a dot com, and we have more people who are interested in getting the plea in perspective on questions they have or having conversations with Lartma. So, what we see in the next three m- months is just continuing to be of service and to more and more people finding out about our work and reaching out to see how we can support their own growth and evolution.
2: We also have some projects that are in the design and final uh, production area that we're kind of keeping a little lid on until we get to the point where we're gonna introduce them to the public. And we've been heavily involved in the past three to five months with a couple of these projects. And when they are ready to come to the surface, we're going to be really happy because we think some of this work that, that we've been doing with Larkma is really going to reach a lot of people that that maybe haven't been reached through the books that, that we've written or the calendar or other things that we've been involved with all these years. So hopefully in the next few months, we'll be able to announce some new ideas and new projects that we're going to be really happy to be um, bringing to humanity and the public. So that's pretty much what we've been doing. I want to listen to you for the rest of the the program and have you tell us what you, <laughs> you want to talk about astrologically, please.
0: Well, thank you very much for that nice little segue to at least be able to get people some uh, awareness of the weekend because we do have a pretty interesting weekend. We start today with the moon in Taurus. And as of, I'm sure, right this minute, we are sitting with the moon in a conjunction to Uranus, right? Uranus transiting through Taurus. So right now we have the potential to really awaken one another. I have a feeling this entire conversation this morning. And as soon as I say that I'm getting chills, um, that this entire conversation is a tool to awaken people to awaken people today. And how perfect with the the moon, our emotional soul inner self in a conjunction with the planet of revolution and change, right? The the planet uh, Uranus is one that we know that does things sometimes in a shocking way. So sometimes when we're shocked by something, it can be traced to Uranian awakening. And that's exactly what we need to do. And by the way, in your human design chart, remember that Uranus is sitting for long-term at the gate two, which is a gate of receptivity, of taking it in of of seeing things from an inner viewpoint allowing right and this is also linked to our abundance that whole channel that the 2 uh, links to is the 14 it's a channel of prospering it's a channel of doing the work that you're passionate about instead of the drudgery i'm not saying that you know, everybody needs to throw out the jobs that they're doing, because we do still have that need to make money to feed ourselves, etc. But the more that you can devote to what you're passionate about what you love, the more that change happens in a more positive way in your life. It's that same going back to that same thing we talked about a little earlier, what you're focusing on is what you're manifesting. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like what you see in your outer world, then you need to change first from the inner planes and then it becomes visible in that outer world. Now, when we're talking Taurus energy, since the moon will be there today and all of tomorrow and up until later in the day tomorrow, um, we're talking about our resources. So money, our material comforts, right? The things that we earn, the things that make us feel good, our physical senses. So everything to do with your Uh, smell, taste, touch, so it it becomes a a place where all of our physical senses become open and aware. Uh, It is about the enjoyment of life, right? Taurus loves life, they love being on the planet, foot, you know, feet on the ground here. They appreciate and they have gratitude for their creature comforts, for nature around them, for the people in their lives. So this is a time for all of us to focus on that appreciation and that gratitude. And I'm going to throw out another word for everybody. And this is one that's been banging in my head. Simplicity, right? We have grown such a complex and complicated life that it's time for us to simplify, right, to let go of some of those crazy making things that we've been involved with in favor of the simple life, right? What does the simple life mean to you? It means uh, maybe different things to different people. But sometimes it's just the simplicity of sitting and chatting with your kids or with your family members. Sometimes it's the simplicity of just going out and working in the garden, So simplify, big theme for our weekend. Uh, And of course, Taurus energy also takes us into building energy, building through having a solid foundation, right? We can't build a new earth on a weak foundation. We have to actually put into play the structures and the forms. We have to gain persistence and perseverance in the face of these weird things that are happening on the planet, being reliable, patient, thorough, staying the course, right? Not giving up Um, self-worth, another huge thing in Taurus energy, Um, having appropriate boundaries and also self-acceptance and self-love. Remember, we're sitting in the gates of love right now in human design, the gate of the love of the physical being in the body, but also the gate of the divine or the universal love uh, part of us that is embodied within us. So we have a lot of focus on the ability to love ourselves. And then we start to see how that love moves outward to others. Some of the low energies in Taurus that we want to watch out for is being inflexible, stubborn, attached to things being this way, my way, or my way or the highway. That's saying, right? Resistance to change. That is a Taurian concept. And by the way, that's because Taurus is a fixed sign. And we also have Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, a fixed sign. Leo is a fixed sign. We have Venus in uh, Scorpio, a fixed sign. So we are all sort of being asked to look at those places where we've been reluctant to change, where we're holding back a part of ourselves in resistance to uh, seeing, you know, basically the handwriting on the wall in which direction we need to move right so don't be don't resist change it's coming as well as uh you know taurus has that dogmatic opinions part in the negative Uh, i have many tauruses around me in my life and every one of them at some point or another has professed a dogmatic opinion and you can't budge them off of that now if they're using that for the positive side no problem but often that gets them attached to an idea or a thought that uh, makes it difficult for them to change. Uh, Health wise, coughs, the throat, the thyroid, the neck, all parts of Taurus energy, uh, the vo- voice and the vocal cords as well inside. So that's the moon in Taurus today and tomorrow, uh, Saturday late 537pm on the West Coast. So 837pm. For those of you on the East Coast, Uh, UTC time, I'd have to guess maybe 11pm for you all moon will move into Gemini. So the rest of the weekend becomes conversational It becomes about possibilities, it becomes about writing and communicating. Um, There is a, a major aspect happening over the weekend Mars in a trine to Saturn, that establishes a flow, a flow of action toward a focused goal. So if you can become focused on a goal of love, spreading love and compassion, then you have the dynamo, the dynamo Mars, taking action on your behalf, helping you with the action that it takes to move that out. Um, I just want to make a note here for everybody. um, And then I'm going to have to go Um, for the weekend and into, hmm, let's say probably for the next month or so. We have a lot of air energy, we have Libra, uh, Mars and Libra, we have Saturn and Aquarius, Jupiter and Aquarius, those are both air signs, we have Mercury turning retrograde on the 26th Sunday in an air sign Libra, so our relationships will be affected, our our communication within our relationships, our communication in general, uh, how we share ideas, how we share concepts with one another, watch for the next time, month or so how you say what you say to people. Very, very important with mercury retrograde. You know, we have a tendency to walk on our tongue or to trip over our tongues, we say things we don't mean or we say them in the wrong way or at the wrong time. So slow things down, simplify things, that's still going to be a part of it. Um, And what was the other thing moon in Gemini over the weekend, also adding to the load of planets in air. So exchanging ideas, uh exchanging communication with one another all favored just watch how you share your ideas don't make them dogmatic make them possibilities and not uh absolutes and remember tact and diplomacy always a great libran trait remember that with lots of air energy we have the potential to be expansive air is expansive and moves into new territory um next week Monday I will not be here. I am out of town until Monday afternoon. Uh but next week I may uh I don't know we'll have to see how I can do this. But next Friday we will take up a look ahead at October's energy and look deeper into the retrogrades uh, or the uh direct mo- motion of the outer planets and as well take a look at some of the other things happening in the month of October. Pia and Colin, thank you so much for being with me this morning. It's been a pleasure, as always, to talk to you both. I've missed you. I'm so glad you're back with me or that I'm back to have you with me. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next month on the 15th of October. <laughs> thank
1: you, Janet. We look forward to being with you and your followers also. Yeah. Thank you very much. We love these
0: conversations. Yeah, we're
2: we're really happy that we've reunited and that we'll be doing this again and again.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you to all my listeners. Remember, thumbs up the video if you are on YouTube. Share the videos. And most of all, spread love and compassion around the planet. We all need it. We can all use it. And I'll see you all next week. Take care. Much love. Bye for now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.